Hey, Hound Dogs, I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. And you're on the air with Power Squared. Uh, this week's show is going to be about Silent Hill. Yes. Uh, which is coming on the back of... Uh, we're doing a Silent Hill month on Trophy Unlocked, or I like to say our sister blog, uh, which we'll talk about more. And there's a uh, sort of a new announcement about it anyway, right? Yeah. So I'll turn it over to Paul. All right, so... Yeah, we had already planned to uh, do a uh, podcast talking about Silent Hill because of uh, the Silent Hill month on Trophy Unlocked. And uh, as it just so happened, uh, Konami recently uh, did a Silent Hill transmission where they announced a full-on revival of the series after, I want to say, like 10 years, at least 10 years of being dormant. Uh, so we'll also talk about that later, uh, but uh, I wanted to start by talking about uh, the Silent Hill series as it currently stands. Okay. So I guess I'll start by saying I first got into the series uh, from playing Silent Hill 2, and I like fell in love with it right then. Uh, after that, I wanted to try to play the rest of the series, but uh, I happened to get into it during COVID <laughs> lockdown, and so that made uh, some of the games harder to get, at least in terms of price, uh, but I still managed to get a complete physical collection. All right. Uh, so... I hope you're crook. Yeah. And I am, uh, people watching this can see I am dressed for the occasion. Uh, the, got this at Comic-Con. It was, uh, exclusive. Cool. <clears throat> so anyway. This last one? Yeah. Alright. Okay. Uh, so I'm sure it was made by Gecko, who, uh, Konami has partnered with okay. for merch. Anyway, uh, I guess I'll start with, uh, the original Silent Hill on PlayStation. Uh, I was lucky to get this for an actually reasonable price. Um, anyway, uh, Silent Hill 1 is about, uh, it's kind of the classic Silent Hill story. Uh, Harry Mason is taking his daughter Cheryl to uh, the town of si the resort town of Silent Hill for vacation, but he uh, swerves while on the mountain road to try to avoid hitting a girl. And when he wakes up, his daughter is gone. So he, look, he goes into the fog-covered town of Silent Hill uh, in search of his daughter. Uh, and also, it's snowing mysteriously. Uh, mountain, please. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so... It only started snowing after he uh, regained consciousness. Oh, I see, okay. So anyway... Uh, I have not played any of these games. Right. <laughs> uh, the original Silent Hill actually still holds up pretty well as a horror game, I thought. Um, the story is a little too vague for its own good, I thought, because some of the details are hidden away in uh, easily missed uh, like documents. But uh, it still did a, and the, again, the gameplay can be a little janky by today's standards, but uh, the 
it still does a really good job with the atmosphere and the exploration and uh, building this sense of uh, horror and dread. And uh, I think it really needs, a desperately needs a remake, but uh, the blocky PS1 graphics still actually kind of work for it as it is. Um, overall, I thought the game. I think the game is still like really worth playing, and uh, it's also the first of the four games made by Team Silent. So there's a kind of a set a bar with uh, quality as far as the rest of the series is concerned. And uh, sorry if I'm That's fumbling a little. It's live. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, original Silent Hill is still a pretty good game. Uh, fortunately, there is a cheap way to get it, which is uh, the PS3 store is still up. So if you have a PS3, you can get a digital copy for like 10 bucks. Hmm. All right. But um, that was not the first game you played, right? No. Okay. Um, I'm more right. So... Uh, just to continue on with the games. The first one I played was uh, Silent Hill 2. Uh, I specifically got the uh, Xbox copy because uh, that's what I found. <laughs> okay, and you had an Xbox. Yeah. Um, and it cost $14.99, I'm guessing? Or? Yeah. This, this copy was 15 bucks, but that was like years and years ago, uh, like before I actually got into the franchise. Um, this one is this game is like is pretty much the most iconic of the entire series um so it's about james sunderland who is uh who arrives at silent hill after the death of his sometime after the death of his wife um yeah after his, the death of his wife who uh has he discovers a letter so he's uh goes into the town in search of her because he thinks she might still be alive um uh it pretty much improves on the original silent hill in just about every way um the story is uh highly memorable and impactful i actually uh went that was the first of the games where I went out of my way to see every single ending because like all six of them because I just really liked it that much. Uh, the characters are the characters are great. The writing is amazing, <laughs> amazing, and it uh, it's uh, it also does psycho handles psychological horror really well. Like it's not trying to like do cheap jump scares or anything. It actually builds up this atmosphere and maintains it, and also talks about uses the story to talk about uh, taboo subjects in a mature way. Um, like some top, I'm not gonna say exactly what it oh, yeah. talks about. I was gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, like very adult subjects. And uh, handles them in a mature way, and in a way that I, I kind of wish uh, some other games would uh, emulate at least some aspects of Silent Hill too. Um, and the graphics also still manage to hold up pretty well. 
um, just by being like pretty old by now, okay. uh, being a few console generations behind. Um, and the the Xbox version was also the first to first version to have the uh, Born from a Wish sub scenario, where you follow the character Maria, uh, who is a being who is a a woman who resembles uh, James's wife uh, Mary. That's important to the story. Um, oh, and it also introduces the iconic pyramid head. Um, or red pyramid thing, which uh, has a very uh, who's when you know what the symbolism is, it works really well with the game and the rest of the symbolism around uh, James and the death of his wife. Um, definitely uh, holds up, at least in terms of its writing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the gameplay itself was like the combat especially was kind of eh. <laughs> you can actually like run past every single enemy and not really oh. worry and you can actually uh kind of avoid uh doing much with some of the boss fights and the puzzles could also be uh I've, the puzzles at that point started to turn the game into like half the series into a half like point and click adventure to me uh, not necessarily in a bad way, but just you have to deal with. Uh, it's like, oh, if you in order to get this, uh, in order to get this uh, door, this uh, thing open, you have to get uh, wax and a horseshoe, and you put those together, and that's how you make a handle to open. <laughs> um, Sounds clever. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Silent Hill Two is uh, easily one of the best entries in the series. Uh, definitely worth playing, um, although it's uh, you're not gonna be able to get it for like 15 bucks unless right. someone really doesn't know what they have on them. Um, so rip off your friends now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, easily one of my uh, one of my top games in the series. Okay. Uh, yeah. And following that, we have. Uh, Silent Hill 3, which, uh... For the people that are listening, you yeah. play this on the PlayStation 2? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Silent Hill 3 was only available on PS2. Um, this copy also has the soundtrack. Just like, if I'm gonna get the physical copy of Silent Hill 3, I might as well, like, have the complete experience. Uh, Silent Hill 3 is about, uh... Heather, uh, Heather, who, uh, she wakes up from a nightmare in the mall, and she's on her way, she, she's, she wants to go home to her father, but, uh, she is made aware of, uh, she, uh, encounters, uh, this, uh, detective named, uh, Douglas, who, uh, is investigating the circumstances of her birth and then she also runs into a woman named Claudia who uh, hints that there is something more to Heather and so she encounters the other world that uh, the series is known for um, and she's has she has to 
she's still trying to get home to her dad, but she has to get past these uh, monsters to do so. Um, Is this related to the first game? Yes, actually. Uh, in terms of story, it's uh, it's related, but I don't. I kind of don't want to spoil how, because that yeah. wouldn't be. Well, just because it was father looking for his daughter. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of an interesting opposite situation. Um, the Silent Hill Three is uh, kind of my other favorite game of the Team Silent. Uh, era. Um, I thought it also managed to improve on Silent Hill 2 and other areas, including the voice acting. And uh, it also has a very memorable story with memorable characters and, again, a really good sense of uh, psychological horror and atmosphere. Um, just the series in general is known for uh, being more psychological and uh, having the characters uh, fight monsters that are based on their personal demons, uh, including the bosses. Uh, Silent Hill 2 did that. Well, it was one of the best ways of having personal demons as the monsters, but that doesn't mean the other games did it badly. Right. Um, and Silent Hill 3, I thought, also did that pretty well. Um, I actually, uh, because of how much this copy set me back, uh, I actually went out of my way to do as much as humanly possible, including seeing every ending, which included playing the game multiple times because of the requirements to get the UFO ending, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of a staple in the series. And I pretty much thoroughly enjoyed it. Um... And I also wanted to say that uh, Heather is one of my favorite uh, female video game leads. Because uh, I wish more people would talk about uh, how well written she is. And, like, she's a strong female character, but she's still a teenage girl. And I like that the writers didn't forget that. Okay. And uh, in terms of her design, she's still... A teenage girl <laughs> but she's it doesn't go overboard in either direction All right. um, yeah this game really needs a re-release uh, because it'll be I think more people should try to play this then uh, the last uh, game that team silent had a hand in was Silent Hill 4 uh, Xbox copy is cheaper, so just go for that. Though so, uh, there are, it's also available. That uh, this actually got uh, re-released recently through uh, Good Old Games or GOG. Like I say that um, for like ten bucks. But uh, I wanted to play a physical copy. Oh, so it's a digital version. Yeah. Okay. And. Uh, this one is about uh, Henry Townsend, who is uh, trapped in his apartment building with no way out, and he's been there for several days, and when he sees a hole in his, the wall of his bathroom, uh, he goes through it, because that's all he can do, and he finds himself uh, going through multiple worlds in an attempt to escape his apartment, and he also... Uh, 
finds himself wrapped up in a story involving a supposedly deceased serial killer. Okay. <laughs> um, or a serial killer. Uh, uh, this one with this one silent. Yeah. With this one, Team Silent uh, went out of their way to be different. Uh, because they didn't want it to feel like the same old Silent Hill. Uh, so they, uh, the story is, the story feels very different, but I didn't think it was a bad thing that, bad thing for them to try something new. Uh, the gameplay is also very different. Like, uh, you don't have an infinite, uh, inventory, uh, you have to occasionally go back to your apartment uh and the interesting thing about the apartment is uh for the first half of the game it heals you but in the second half of the game it harms you hmm. uh so you have to later on you have to minimize your trips uh and there because there are hauntings that can hurt you uh depending on which part of the apartment you're in um, it was also actually interesting how the apartment uh, portions are in first person because that was the first time Silent Hill had done anything first person uh, and it made that section more made the apartment portions more immersive I thought um, at some point you also have to protect Eileen who is uh, his Henry's uh, next door neighbor who is has been unable to communicate with even though she's right next door uh -huh. um i didn't think that protecting eileen was as uh, bad as everyone like kept saying it was <laughs> because uh you re i realize that a lot of people uh when they talk about how painful it is to protect eileen they just really uh i think they don't try hard enough it's actually not that hard, at least on the difficulty I played. Mm -hmm. um, what difficulty do you play these games at? I honestly, I generally played a lot of them on a lower difficulty because I didn't want to, because uh, I was trying to get through the entire series. Yeah, and uh, just... yeah, and I also didn't want to have, suffer the frustration of dying over and over and over and over. Um, but with uh, Silent Hill 3, because of the uh, requirement to get something, I had to play on hard once. And uh, that was actually kind of worth it because that also uh, actually changed some things on a fundamental level. So it made it a different experience. Like, for example, uh, I was going backpacking in Silent Hill 3 a little bit, hard mode. Uh, changes certain behaviors like Heather can actually fall off ledges unless she's uh, crouching uh, and she can also she's also clumsier so she can bump into she can bump into walls and uh, there is actually one puzzle that can actually kill her oh, yeah. but anyway, Silent Hill 4 speaking of puzzles this one also uh, de-emphasized them because it was more about uh, exploration which I was fine with because uh, the puzzles in the Silent Hill games were getting a bit complicated like uh, 
if you play this on the highest, if you play Silent Hill 3 on the highest uh, riddle difficulty, then there's the infamous Shakespeare puzzle where very early on to get the code for a door, you have to be very intimately familiar with the works of Shakespeare to get the, to put the books back in the proper oh, I see that. Okay. order. Uh, yeah, Silent Hill 4 didn't have that. However, it did introduce dealing with ghosts. Uh, the ghosts are invincible unless you use these uh, swords that pin them in place, but you only get, but there are only four of them in the entire game. Uh, so you have, so I just, it's best to just use them on the boss ghosts, because uh, some of those, a couple of those can actually follow you throughout the rest of the game after they first appear. Um, and you also have items that can help you, like candles, uh, can, candles can uh, help deal with hauntings and saint medallions can push ghosts out away from you like kind of a force field mm -hmm. um and uh i will say uh it's actually um i also and because i played uh the silent hill games multiple times i also actually uh, learned some speed running techniques because uh, i was watching uh I was watching uh, Punchy, who is a Silent Hill speedrunner, and uh, there's the games actually have some interesting speedrun tech. Like uh, for Silent Hill 4, there's actually this really cool glitch that lets you skip an entire section oh. uh, because you're taking advantage of uh, how the game handles uh, Eileen's AI and hit detection. Okay. But anyway. Uh, Again, Silent Hill 4 also still has some memorable moments, and uh, the uh, encounters with uh, Walter Sullivan, who was first mentioned in Silent Hill 2, actually, uh, were pretty memorable. Um, so, yeah, the monster design wasn't as inspired, even though uh, the, sim the symbolism still kind of fits, but it feels a little more, like, generic. Um, but... Anyway, I still liked Silent Hill 4 probably more than some other people. Okay. So uh, I would still personally recommend playing them or playing this. I've noticed that they're all rated M. Is that true for the whole series? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, because of the, uh, it's mostly because of the, uh, some of the imagery and a lot of the subject Thanks. matter. Adult themes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which in this case includes murder. <laughs> Alright. So after four, you. Alright, so uh, this also ends uh, Team Silence involvement with the series because they disbanded after four. Uh, slash Konami let them go. Okay. Um, but I guess before I move on to the Western developed games. Um, I want to talk about a couple other things related to the Team Silent stuff. Uh, Silent Hill HD Collection. On PS3. Yeah, on PS3. Uh, There's also the only one that got patched. So my experience was post-patch as opposed to... I noticed when people complain about certain Silent Hill games like this, or they mostly talk about it pre-patch. So I personally don't think that's super fair. Uh, but anyway, even after uh, patch... Uh, 
this is not this is still the suboptimal way to play Silent Hill 2 and 3 even though it is the cheapest way to play them so this is a what is this a remastering of them or? yeah so this is on paper a remaster of uh, Silent Hill 2 and 3 for uh, PS3 and 360 Xbox 360 um, but they didn't have the source code so they used an unfinished beta build for both games, and they also had to uh, re-record the voice acting. Uh, personally, I didn't think the new voice acting was as bad as other people were saying it was, even Silent Hill 2. Although with Silent Hill 2, the, part of the patch was the ability to use the old voice acting, so the option is there for that. Uh, between the two games, I thought Silent Hill 3 actually got off like a lot better than Silent Hill 2 did uh, even like the new voice actors even fit the characters uh, I guess you could say fit the characters appearances a lot better than the Silent Hill 2 recast did um, and uh, like you'll find you'll even after the patch you'll still come across like a bunch of uh, weird graphical changes or graphical differences like uh there's a sign that's now in, infamously now in comic sans or uh <laughs> you'll find some unfinished stuff like a particular blood splatter in uh Silent Hill 3 instead of being like this contained uh, thing it's this giant pool of blood um but uh Overall, if you're like desperate for a cheap way to play Silent Hill 2 and 3, you could get by with this. You just have to know it's like pretty suboptimal. Okay. And uh, I kind of I don't know why they didn't like try to use the retail discs like what some other uh, HD collections did. Oh, I, I remember now uh, another thing about this was they removed the because it was an unfinished beta build. The original release didn't have the fog. <laughs> So they patched it back in. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a major thing, isn't it? Yeah. But if you were going to play uh, HD Collection, you'd definitely have to get the PS3 version because they actually fixed that one. And that noise is the disc rattling? Yeah, the disc rattling. snakes on the show. <laughs> so the other thing related to the Team Silent stuff is uh, the Silent Hill 1 and Silent Hill 3 actually got mov movie adaptations on the big screen. And uh, this is the original, the first Silent Hill movie, uh, the uh, collector's edition Blu-ray release. Um, Did you haven't opened? Yeah, I haven't opened it yet. Okay. Um, I streamed both of the movies because it was easy to do that at the time. Um, <clears throat> but uh, this one is directed by Christoph Gans. Uh, hopefully, I pronounced that correctly. Um, it's not be coming after us. So it generally follows uh, the plot of the first Silent Hill, but it's about a instead it's about a woman named uh, Rose da Silva who is searching for her her daughter in the town of Silent Hill. Um, John Bean's the dad. Yeah. Okay. Um, now this is not in terms of story. This isn't a completely faithful adaptation of the first game 
as it takes its own uh, creative liberties and also uses Pyramid Head for some reason. I think that was just because it's an iconic yeah, monster. Yeah, you know him from the, sh the game, so here he is in the movie. Yeah, even though, uh, it, even though Pyramid Head was made for a very specific symbolic purpose. But I digress. Um, Silent Hill, the movie, I thought was still actually a, a good video game adaptation, at least in the sense that it uh, felt like Christoph Gans actually got Silent Hill because it perfectly captured the look and the atmosphere and even used uh, the music from the games, uh, recontextualized in a new way. And uh, the music throughout the Silent Hill, throughout pretty much all of the Silent Hill games is really good because of uh, Akira Yamaoka's uh, talent with making memorable music, uh, especially with Silent Hill. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, all I can really say is it should say something if I like this enough to want to own a physical copy. Um, uh, there was the second movie, uh, Silent Hill Revelation, was based on Silent Hill 3, and compared to the first movie, is an absolute garbage fire, because it, uh, it tried to, uh, at the beginning, it tries to resolve the difference in story between uh, the first Silent Hill movie and Silent Hill 3, the game which was admirable, but it kind of fumbled that in places. A lot, actually. I didn't see that as a recall, but you, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I actually showed you the first movie. Right, oh, well, I, yeah, I, I watched that. <laughs> yeah, what did you think of that? It was, it was okay, I'm not really into the horror genre too much. Yeah. But, uh, and I, <clears throat> I wasn't familiar with the symbolism they were going for with, he was just like, who's this guy? Yeah. yeah. but. Silent Hill Revelation. Uh, it's kind of a character assassination for everyone. <laughs> uh, like Heather is, uh, it kind of follows the plot of Silent Hill Three, but you know it's told a little differently. Um, Heather is taken from a strong female character and turned into closer to a damsel in distress, which uh, kind of uh, pissed me off. Okay. Um, then Vincent, of, the, of all the side characters who are in here, and their roles are altered a bit, uh, Vincent uh, felt the most different and not a good way to me. Uh, the monster designs were a lot more generic as opposed, to, or not as good as opposed to here, where they lifted monsters directly from the games. Um, there was more reliance on CG. Uh, the Lakeside Amusement Park, besides not being by an actual lake, which defeats the purpose of the name, yeah. uh, the, in the game, Lakeside Amusement Park has some really iconic and memorable moments and shots, and it's done really well, but in the movie, it's just generic horror stuff. Uh, like, they've still got... Uh, Robbie the Rabbit as the mascot, but they don't use it as effectively. Uh, and Revelation also relies a little bit more on cheap jump scares. 
You got tearing the symbolism apart. <laughs> something to do. Sometimes with sequels, the either the money is way bigger or it's way less. And maybe it sounds like this had less of a budget to work with. Maybe it was also a different or a different director who was also the writer. Uh. And I get the feeling that while they, even if they were a fan of Silent Hill, I felt it was one of those adaptations where it feels like they didn't get it. Okay. Uh, so that was super disappointing, and it's just something. If I don't have a physical copy of that, <laughs> at least uh, not right now. <laughs> it was cheap, maybe. All right. Um, so following following the disbanding of Team Silent, uh, Konami outsourced the series to Western developers. Uh, the first one was. Uh, Silent Hill Origins. Uh, this is the physical PSP copy. I actually played it digitally first because I could, but then after I finished it, it's like I want it physically to fill that gap. And is that the only way you could get it physically? Uh, it's actually also available as a PS2 version, but the PS2 version is way more expensive because it's harder to find and it was kind of designed with the PSP in mind anyway, so you're better off just playing the PSP version because that's also way cheaper uh, in general the uh, western games are a lot more affordable than the original Japanese entries oh, uh, yeah. so Silent Hill Origins you can probably tell by the title is a prequel and it follows uh, Travis Grady who uh, enters the town of Silent Hill in search of a girl that he rescued from a fire and he also comes across his own uh, troubled past mm. um, is he from Silent Hill? yeah okay. I think so okay. um, Silent Hill Origins uh, you could tell that the uh, developers had a lot of reverence for the original Silent Hill because it copies uh, the gameplay and to some extent storytelling style of the first game uh, which was fine but I thought it kind of stuck a little too closely to it um was because, it original enough? What? was it original enough? yeah and it also uh, started the trend of pyramid head ripoffs uh, with the butcher um but anyway uh I like, I at least liked that the developers uh, made it with the PSP's uh, portable nature in mind because uh, it's designed around like you could theoretically play this in bursts uh, and it works really well on the small screen and uh, I do recommend playing it at least once the way they suggest which is like in the dark with headphones for maximum uh, immersion but uh, and it also had an interesting uh, game mechanic where you go back and forth between the other world and the real world using mirrors in specific locations uh, because that also helps you uh, solve. You also have to solve puzzles by going back and forth between them. And uh, the other. Uh, there are uh, certain things it does it does do well 
but I thought it would have benefited more from deviating at least a little from the formula of the original game uh, because otherwise it made it feel the experience feel a little too uh, derivative alright uh, so then uh, following that one we got uh, probably uh, one of the least liked of the Western games, which was uh, Silent Hill Homecoming. Uh, I got the 360 copy, 360 version, because it was the one I could find at the time. Okay. Um, although either this or the PS3 version is pretty cheap, you can actually still find sealed copies for like 30 bucks. Uh, and there's also a Steam version that's still available digitally, but uh, that one is like riddled with glitches, and I have a feeling that's the version people base their opinions on. Um, but uh, Silent Hill Homecoming is about uh, Alex Shepard, who has returned home from her return to Shepard's Glen, which is another section of Silent Hill, from a tour of duty. But the town is in disrepair, and his uh, father and brother are missing, and his mom is uh, in a vegetative state. So he goes into the town to figure out what's going on and hopefully find his brother. Okay. Um, Silent Hill Homecoming, uh, I actually didn't uh, hate as much as other people did. Like, it's still kind of janky with uh, some of what it did, but I still ended up kind of liking it. Um, I think it's more, although I think it's more like I like the ideas behind it, but I thought the execution could have been better. Like uh, a war vet in Silent Hill would act is actually like super perfect because imagine the personal demons that a war vet would have. Mm -hmm. uh, but I felt like it didn't take as full advantage of uh, <clears throat> that idea as it could have. Um, the writing is also kind of weird because uh, there are five different endings that are all very different, or all present uh, very different uh, outcomes from each other. And you could tell this, you could kind of tell that the story was written in a way that any of them could be valid, but that also means it kind of doesn't pick a lane and stick with it. Okay. Um, like, yeah, they're all valid, but because they're all so wildly different from each other, it, uh, makes itself a little too, uh, I don't know the right word, um, nebulous, I guess. Okay. Um, and certain endings also make, kind of make more sense than others or are more satisfying than others, and, uh. Weirdly enough, it's also the first time the UFO ending is it is available on a first run as opposed to a second run. So that means you might, and the UFO ending is also the easiest one to get. So uh, it's very likely that someone who started with Homecoming would be confused by the presence of aliens. Yes. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, I still liked uh, some of the things that it did, and I thought the bosses actually had pretty good symbolism with what the story was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it actually has a 
one of my uh, favorite pieces of music from it, uh, which I later learned was called uh, The Terminal Show. It's the song that plays during the main menu. <laughs> hmm. um, it, oh, uh, it also kind of does an annoying thing with, like, you need this certain key to advance like late in the game, but it spawns you outside of the room where it is and lets you move forward without it. So you have to know to turn back and go back into the room. Mm. I don't know why it did that. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess the other divisive thing is it also takes obviously takes more inspiration from the movie because it was kind of around that the time the first movie came out. And uh, I guess they did that to try to cash in on, like, the movie audience. Uh, but then that also uh, introduces some contradictions, like it implies that it's ash instead of snow. Mm. Uh, because in the movie, the it's in the movie it's ash because there's this uh, coal fire underground. Um, and then it also... Uh, introduces a clone uh, its own clone of pyramid head that's almost literally pyramid head <laughs> and uh actually the producer agreed with me that that's it's no <laughs> okay. um so despite some jankiness this is still a good cheap silent hell entry even if it's not the best mm -hmm. um probably i can agree it's one of the weakest uh, then after that, uh, the same people that made Silent Hill Origins also made Silent Hill Shattered Memories. You mean Homecoming or Origins? Origins. Okay. Uh, made Shattered Memories, which is a uh, reimagining of the first Silent Hill. So again, the developers have a lot of reverence for the original game. Um, but this time, uh, Harry Mason lost his memory after the crash. And the game has this unique mechanic uh, where it psychologically profiles you as you play and alters the experience, including the story, based on that. Based on the decisions you make in the game? Yes. Okay. And actually based on some little things you do, like which path, which room you decide to go into, or which building, yeah, which building you decide to go into, which rooms or items you look at. It's very interactive that way then. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it takes... Yeah, this is the Wii, ver the Wii version, but there was a PS2 version as well, and I believe maybe a PSP version. Uh, but I would still, but it was definitely made with the Wii in mind because it's the most immersive that way. So if you're gonna go one way, this is the I would say this is the way to go. Okay. Uh, it's very interactive. I actually thought the game was pretty well made because uh, it also tried to do something. Because it was a reimagining, it tried to do new things. Um, like uh, Harry Mason isn't exactly the same person, uh, and I liked the idea that your actions influence the outcome. Um, plus, you occasionally and all the uh, characters are done in a different way that still kind of fits with their roles in the original game. Uh, like uh, you occasion er, sections where you are in uh, Dr. Kaufman's office he's, he's a therapist and uh, you 
excuse me. <clears throat> you go through these uh, psychological profiling things, mm -hmm. uh, but there is there is no wrong answer. But some of what some of the things you say in there do still have some amount of influence on what happens next. Okay. And influences your psychological profile that the game actually spits out at you at the end. Okay. And your how did yours come out? Um, I forgot exactly what it said. Um, I played the game twice. Um, once completely blind and once after I knew how the psych profile system worked and both times I got what was considered the best ending. Mm -hmm. um, Does that mean you're pure of heart and all that? <laughs> um, it's still, I wasn't sure how 100% accurate the psych profile was, but it still gave me something to think about. Okay. Um, it also has this really neat twist at the end that I really don't want to say. Okay. Uh, but uh, I highly, rec I highly recommend. Pretty minor. <laughs> I uh, would still highly uh, recommend Shattered Memories if you can actually find an affordable copy. Okay, because all these seem to be going up in price. I gather. Yeah, uh, like Shattered Memories out of all the uh, Western developed games is probably the most expensive, uh, but the Wii version is still worth it. Um, I guess I should also say it's also this game is also more uh, puzzle focused, but it uses the Wiimote pretty well for that, um, and a smartphone mechanic that helps you keep track of stuff, including you can also take photos that will help you yeah. with puzzles. Um, it came in handy. It you only need you only actually need one photo in particular, but if you're playing it completely blind, uh, it's still a useful tool, and. Uh, instead of there's no combats but there are chase sequences the chase sequences are kind of eh but uh it's still the psych profile system still kind of reads how you play those chase sequences and then throws you for a loop okay. uh so anyway that was actually a pretty neat uh alternate take okay. and then the last of the western developed games was uh Silent Hill Downpour. I actually have both versions. Wow. Yeah, PS3 and 360. I played 361 first, but then I wanted the PS3 version because it doesn't. Uh, the PS3 doesn't scratch its own discs. <laughs> this didn't get scratched, but uh, yeah. you know, uh, Downpour is about uh, Murphy Pendleton, who was uh, convicted of a murder and uh on during a prison transfer uh he the uh bus the uh, prison bus uh swerves off the highway mm -hmm. and uh he ends up in the town of silent hill and has to find his way out um i actually really liked downpour i know that's kind of a uh divisive opinion but I actually really liked it. Um, because I went for every ending, I had to play the game uh, three times, because, but well, that's because the uh, save system is actually one of the worst in the series. Um, and you can't skip the cutscenes, but not being able to skip the cutscenes, ironically, actually made me pay attention to the story each time, and I actually got more out of it every time. So I better understood what it was going for. 
and uh, I actually saw the passion that the team had for the Silent Hill series in some of its uh, beats and moments, and uh, it's also more open world compared to the other Silent Hill games, but it's kind of a restrained one that you don't have to, and all of the side quests are completely optional. Um, and I thought uh, playing through, uh, seeing all the endings was personally worth the effort. Okay. Um, and Murphy is also, it's also interesting to play as a prisoner. Uh, and it actually takes uh, full advantage of that in its uh, story and the symbolism. And... Uh, What's also interesting is he's uh, his past with the supporting character uh, Anne Marie Cunningham, who is uh, who has a personal vendetta against him, and those two stories connect together uh, in a very in a very great way at the end. Um, whether or not. What can can be divisive about the endings is that it changes the nature of like what happened with Murphy at the beginning, mm -hmm. but uh, I still found uh, like three of the endings pretty satisfying, okay. uh, including the joke ending. The joke ending was so worth the effort. <laughs> okay. Um, then one more thing related to downpour is the comic. Anne's story, uh, which actually adapts uh, canceled DLC plans for the story and verse uh, story that showed uh, Anne's side of the story. Hmm. And uh, I would highly recommend reading this because it completes the experience and also actually explains certain things that Downpour didn't have the space to do so. Is that easily available, or is that... Uh, not really, unfortunately. Um, I mean, unless you've went the uh, not-so-legal route, but I went legal way and tracked down a physical, uh, affordable physical copy. Um, yeah, the story is actually written by one of the co-writers of the game, and so what's in here is canon, so... It also suggests which of the endings is canon, and uh, it fit really well both in the story and the art. So if you play Downpour, then I would highly recommend trying to read this if you can. Now, could you read that without having played the game? Uh, they tried to make it so that you uh, could exp could read it without having played the game, and I think it manages to kind of do that. Um, but familiarity with the game helps okay so that covers uh what it currently exists uh i didn't cover i didn't play uh the vita dungeon crawler because i kind of didn't want to <laughs> all right uh that was pt related to this at all yes so sam useful <laughs> um I guess a really quick bit of trivia. Travis Grady in here actually makes a cameo in uh, Silent Hill Revelations, the movie, um, and in Homecoming. So 
They're connected. Okay. Uh, sort of. Anyway, um, there was PT, which was a playable teaser for the canceled Silent Hills, which would have been uh, directed by Hideo Kojima, with uh, and uh, Guillermo del Toro, and uh, would have had involvement from Norman Reedus and uh, Junji Ito, who was a famous horror mangaka, and he would have handled the monster designs. Um, I don't know uh, what other Team Silent members might have been involved. Uh, I guess I forgot to mention something about Downpour. This one uh, was the first Silent Hill game to not have Akira Yamaoka do the score. It was instead Daniel Meat, who is known for, I think he did the music for Dexter. Okay. Um, but the series Dexter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he really he tried he. No, he's not as good as Yamoka, but he really tried his best, and I thought he still did a good job regardless. Okay. But PT, um, that was made available on PS4. It is currently chained to PS4 uh, because Konami delisted it after they canceled Silent Hills, which happened because of a falling out with Kojima. Um, so, uh, but PT, I thought, was... Uh, still, it's still a really good experience. Uh, we probably. played it here on the show once, right? Yes, we, we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess technically PT is the first uh, Silent Hill related thing I played, but the first proper game I played was Silent Hill 2. Because mm -hmm. uh, PT, uh, although it didn't, it wouldn't have represented the final product, it even says so at the end, um, that's use of... Uh, atmosphere uh was second to none and uh it still has made left a major impact on uh horror games uh to this day and uh it actually it's uh positive reception actually convinced uh capcom to uh, continue going forward with what they had already been doing with resident evil 7 um, PT was also wholly in first person, so after playing through the rest of the series, I played PT again and saw how it was definitely Silent Hill. Uh, like, it was wholly first person instead of just partially in first person, so it kind of took the best elements of Silent Hill 4 and improved on them. And then you also, it also uh, had this, has these uh, subtle puzzles that are done really well. And uh, including, and it also has a ghost named uh, Lisa who uh, can potentially jump scare you, but the jump scare is actually done in a very respectable way. Um, has it's uh, probably one of the most iconic uh, pieces of Silent Hill media. I hate that it's lost media now, unless you have it still on your PS4, like I do. Um, no, no, don't re erase. Yeah, and I actually have a note not to delete. All right. Uh, PT. Okay, so, and most of these, what we talked about today, you're, you're reviewing during the month on Trophy Unlocked. Yeah. And I assume there's going to be a review hub at some point with all of these. Yeah. Because um, you reviewed another game before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had previously reviewed Silent Hill 2 by itself, and uh, that I did re-review PT because of the... Uh, New because of the new context, mm -hmm. but I decided not to re-review Silent Hill 2 because after playing it, 
again, uh, my opinion didn't really change all that much. Okay. <clears throat> so after PT and the falling out with Kojima, the infamous falling out with Kojima, uh, the series went dormant for like a decade. Uh, or at the very least, it feels like that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, or for several years, let's say. Um, until recently, when uh, Konami uh, made a silent, presented a Silent Hill transmission where they announced a full revival of the brand, and it was made clear in the transmission that the keeping people updated with the series from now on was not a one-off thing, and they will continue doing so in the future. Um, so, I guess uh, at this point, I should. I guess I could give uh, briefly explain what they revealed in the transmission and how I feel about and how, it. And how did you find this transmission? Uh, they publicly announced it. Um, I didn't watch it until after it had already premiered. It's free on YouTube. Okay. Uh, through the official channel, I watched the uh, English version. Okay. In case I else wanted to watch it. Yeah. They made it available in multiple languages. Um, so. The first thing they announced was a remake of Silent Hill 2 uh, with Bloober Team. Uh, Bloober Team, uh, I got the impression, is a kind of divisive developer because it's like the story or the atmosphere is really good, but the writing and gameplay is meh. Okay. But uh, with Silent Hill 2, um, it was clear from... Uh, they talked about it that they were very very passionate about that game <clears throat> and uh they even have uh they even managed to get uh masahiro ito the original monster designer from team silent and akira yamaoka the original composer back on the project that's good uh plus the story is all there and the environment is all there and everything is all there they just need to update everything and modernize it uh they're even uh doing what Resident Evil 2 Remake did and taking the fixed camera perspective and changing it to over the shoulder to try to make it more immersive, which is also a way of modernizing it. Uh, so I'm actually excited for Silent Hill 2 Remake um, because again, it's a pretty iconic game right. and uh, more people need to, now more people have an opportunity to experience it. and. Uh, Again, they actually got members of Team Silent back in the... Uh, Are they planning to do more with besides just redoing Silent Hill 2? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know about any other remakes, um, but uh, to transition into the next item, the uh, I suppose the question is, why didn't they remake the first game? Uh, because that one is d in desperate need of a remake. Yeah, the other, yeah it sounds like 2's been done before. Well, it was remastered. Right. This is a full-on remake. I mean, it sounds um, like they're, they're done two. Yeah, so why not one? Well, I figured out why uh, after the next announcement, which is a brand-new Silent Hill movie featuring the uh, original director and producer of the first one. Hmm. Um, so they also explained while they were uh, talking about it, including showing off some concept art, that... Uh, what started the revival of Silent Hill was uh, Christoph Gans managed to convince Konami to let him make another movie. And uh, 
they decided the person that they talked to decided well if we're gonna bring back Silent Hill back it can't just be a movie we've got to have some games to go with that so they reached out to other developers and decided okay we should just bring back Silent Hill uh, so I realized uh, the new movie is based on Silent Hill 2 and it's called Return to Silent Hill uh, I realized that uh, as soon as they said it was based on Silent Hill 2 that's why they remade Silent, or remaking Silent Hill 2 because it's likely to cash in on people who like yeah, I just saw the movie based on Silent Hill 2 but now I want to play Silent Hill 2 oh there's a new version okay that's they call it synergy yeah it's kind of the it's kind of the reason why uh naughty dog uh remade a remaster of the last of us okay. uh because well they're gonna come out with an hbo series called for based on the last of us and so those people might want to play the game now there's a new 70 dollar ps5 version spend your money yeah um so I'm actually looking forward to uh, Return to Silent... I actually want to see Return to Silent Hill because it has the original director and producer and they clearly ver care very deeply about Silent Hill. Uh, so... And I also am one of those people who liked that they completely ignored Revelation when they talked about it. <laughs> um, so as part of the uh, brand revival, they also announced uh, three additional projects. Uh, one of them was Silent Hill Ascension, uh, which is a weird uh, live TV interactive experience thing where uh, your the actions of the viewers and uh, yeah the actions of the viewers affect the direction of the story and shape Silent Hill canon forever, and it can't be uh, there is no reset button. Um, I'm kind of not a huge fan of that idea, right. but um, I, especially since uh, a bad robot is involved. Ah. Um, so I mean, until something better comes along. Yeah, so that's kind of uh, yet another thing J.J. Uh, Abrams has touched, uh, whether you like it or not. Right. Um, so the other projects were uh, Silent Hill Townfall, which is a full game. Um, it'd be released by uh, Annapurna Interactive, um, who have who released uh, Stray, which is a recent popular game. Um, they only showed a cinematic trailer, um, which is interesting. Which was interesting, uh, especially because they're going for something uh, unique with it but I would like to see actual gameplay but either way um, as soon as I can see gameplay I can judge whether or not I, I want to play it and then there's uh, Silent Hill F which was the last thing they showed off which takes place, it's a Silent Hill but it takes place in 1960's Japan and uh, okay the uh again once again it was just a cinematic trailer but it was uh very well done and uh is easily the most visually unique out of all of them uh so i'm curious uh where that will go 
Uh, so I guess either way, I'm actually uh, pretty excited about the fact that Konami is actually bringing back the brand in full force. And uh, I'm I am at least cautiously optimistic about the future. So when does the first thing roll out? Uh, I don't think we actually got okay. a window, but I would suspect uh, 2023 slash 2024 for the earliest stuff. Okay. Like at the earliest for their projects. Um, but I do like that the people who are working on the brand now uh, are very passionate about it because uh, it also had an influence on uh, them doing harder stuff. Okay. Uh, so I guess that's kind of where it All right. wraps up. So the reviews uh, currently are available where? On uh, trophyandlock.blogspot.com. Okay. And there'll be a link in the description yes okay and so um next week we're gonna have uh the team back together yes. for team meeting and then november it's a, it's a whole different month so we'll get to that later yes all right so until next week i'm david hankins i'm paul hankins and you've been on the air with power square